And we are back at it again with the BIA Best in America College Football Podcast. I'm Hugh. Chip, chip. That's Philly Phil. The Buckeyes coming off a 41 to 7 victory down in West Lafayette against the Purdue Spoiler Makers. I meant Boiler Makers. They didn't cover the field the night before when it was raining, tried to have the advantage, but <laughs> nothing slowed us down uh, except ourselves. We could have definitely scored a lot more, but albeit 41-7, to Buckeyes victory. How are you feeling, Phil, with the Buckeyes going into week eight against Penn State? Yeah, man. So that game, I was I was actually behind enemy lines for the game. I was in Michigan um, trying to watch on my phone. Shout out to you for the uh, Peacock password. Hopefully they don't get you for that. Uh, and then I ended up finding a cool story. I found the Alumni Association of Ohio State in Detroit. So I got to watch it in first half, at least, in Detroit at a bar with, surrounded by Ohio State fans uh, upstairs. And there was all Michigan fans watching their boring game uh, downstairs. But it was a great time, had a lot of fun. I actually met the guy, true story, who was who was one of the Brutuses during the Ohio State 2014 championship run. And uh, I got a I got like a Brutus picture signed with him, took a picture with him. I didn't tell you that yet. But yeah, so that was a um, fun time. Uh, in terms of the game, uh, which is what you asked me about in terms of the game. It was exciting to see. I really was happy to see uh, the QB play. I say QB because I was happy to see Kyle McCord get in there, look really good, uh, as well as Devin Brown. It, it wasn't a thing that made me say, oh, wow, we need to get Devin Brown in uh, to be the starter now. But it was it was the fact that he kind of did what he was supposed to do, minus a turnover. But it was still cool to <laughs> see that wrinkle and to see Ohio State being – <clears throat> creative in terms of formations uh, on the offensive side and just giving different looks and kind of, you know, our offense has sometimes been stagnant, especially in the beginning of games. So to see them starting the game, trying new things to say, we're not going to just like wait and hope that we can turn it on in the second half, but we're going to start off by showing that we're trying to put points on the board. That was, that was exciting to see. And that's my, my kind of big takeaway from, from that game. Well, my big takeaway basically happened before the game started. <clears throat> the dreaded injury report, Travion Henderson couldn't go. Mayan Williams, that's still a head scratcher for me, couldn't go. Not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and criticize kids for young men not uh, being able to play because of injury. That's not, that's not my biggest takeaway. My biggest takeaway was the fact that Dallin Hayden stepped up. Chip Trainum was RB1 going into the game. He uh, basically was injured during the game with looks like a hit to the head. Um, so pop, possibly a concussion, not sure. But Dallin Hayden stepped in and made an immediate impact. He didn't have a trial run. He didn't need to basically get used to the speed of the game. Uh, basically for his first time playing the season, he came in and instantly impacted the game. Even with the troubles that we have had, with our offensive line, you couldn't tell on Saturday because Dallin Hayden was putting in work. So that, that Dallin Hayden was but definitely my biggest takeaway from that Purdue game. 
Yeah, he was uh he wasn't the uh the step bro, but he was the bro who stepped up, as they say. And uh <laughs> yeah, really happy to see that. That was exciting to see too, man. I feel I feel happy for him. Um hope I don't know if we'll see him play again this season. You know, it might just be a flash in the pan, but at least he had a great uh some great tape to put on if he transfers <laughs> next year. <laughs> <point> <laughs> Man, um, so basically, speaking of whether or not he's going to play again this season, uh, we could definitely use him in this next game against Penn State. The I forget the ranking at the top of my head because I know that they were six going into week seven, and now I believe yeah. they dropped a ranking after beating UMass 63 to <laughs> zero. <laughs> um, not enough. Yeah, not enough. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is the top total defense in the country so far. Uh, their schedule has not been uh, has not been a tough one, but that's going to start on Saturday as they walk into Columbus, uh, number seven team in the country, top defense in the country. Drew Aller has played okay. Uh, you know, there's some journalists that want him to chuck it down the field no matter what. I don't know if you saw that video, but uh, yeah, that was hilarious. But, you know, what we want to talk about in terms of this game is uh, some of the matchups. What are the best matchups that we are looking forward to in this game? And what are the keys for Ohio State to basically um, have the advantage in those matchups? And so what I'll say is, is that our defensive line versus their offensive line um, is going to be one of the biggest matchups I'm looking at. Uh, Penn State averages 203 rushing yards per game, and our defense allows 111 rushing yards per game. I was actually kind of surprised at that. I thought that that was that we had uh, definitely less than 100 rushing yards per game, but I believe the Notre Dame game is where a lot mm-hmm. of a chunk of that came from. That's a pretty quality opponent so far. Uh, Penn State can't really say the same as of yet. Uh, their line has only given up four sacks all year. Pretty believable. Um, I was really surprised at ours. Uh, basically, how many sacks we have had this year. We've had 10 sacks. Thank you, Purdue. <laughs> Thank you, Western Kentucky. Uh, our D-line can control this game by limiting the rushing yards and getting pressure on Drew Aller. So, I, you know, I think that our defense is going to be the key in this game. Um, we're going to have to obviously put up some points, but we're going to need to limit what they can do offensively. And so with their two stout running backs and Drew Aller at quarterback, um, basically being able to get to him on those passing downs and to be able to stop the run on those running downs is going to be key. It's going to basically be the key matchup I'm going to be looking at on Saturday. Philly. <clears throat> yeah, I just man, actually, you Philly. <laughs> just said Philly. <laughs> It felt right. You got to go with it. You got to go with it. Um, so I was actually looking at the trenches as well, and but uh, I happened to be looking actually on the other side. And so looking at their defensive line um, versus all offensive line, kind of uh, strength on potential weakness. So there you talked about sacks. We've had we've had 10. I don't know if you know how many Penn State has had so far this year. I do not know. Okay, guess. Uh, I will guess they have had. 14. Double it. 
27. They've had 27 sacks, which leads the FBS. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I see this deep breath right there. It makes you a little scared. Um, so that is uh, a little bit worrisome. We haven't given up that many, like you said, but it is still the case that that has been a strength of their their defense, which we said is one of the best defenses in the country. Um so far, I did <clears throat> see some some like kind of uh, zooming in on that stat to see that of that big number, they had seven against UMass, uh, and they had seven against Northwestern. Um, and so in their games against West Virginia, uh, Illinois, <clears throat> and Iowa uh, com- uh, combined, they've only had three. So that does show that they're doing a little bit of stat padding in those um that game, which is fine. It's what we should do too. But we weren't, we also were not doing that when we played bad teams. We didn't have seven sacks, you know, against all these teams we played that weren't high quality. So there's still something there. They've got some, um, some really good defensive linemen, uh, Chop Robinson, one of the best names in college football this year. Abdul Carter is also pretty good on their line. And so uh, we've obviously had some shaky O-line play, but we're coming off, as you've mentioned, sort of like the best they've looked all all season in that Purdue game. And so um, the the hope is to see, you know, who kind of, who kind of plays um, to their highest level uh, against the best competition. Right. So I just mentioned Penn state got a lot of sacks on lesser opponents, Ohio state's O-line finally looked good against Purdue. And so we'll kind of see who can actually take the, you know, fundamentals and the confidence they have from, from playing well against lesser opponents and actually have that translate to doing it on the biggest stage. So, yeah, I hope that I think the key to this game is really going to be to see if our offensive line can pass and run protect against the defensive line for Penn state, which is one of definitely their strengths of, as you mentioned, arguably the best defense in the country. This is going to be what some have called the best game of the season. It's interesting that we always are in the best game of the season so far. Um, and the team up North hasn't been in the best game of the season so far, because when we went into that Notre Dame game, that was the best season. That was the best, most anticipated game of, of the season so far. And this game is also uh, the most anticipated. Now I will give credit to Washington and Oregon. That was a good game. That was a highly anticipated game, top 10 matchup. But uh, before we get into the score, predictions. I want to mention something here. Have you heard of the uh, the Buckeye Tears beer coming out of Pennsylvania or that is basically being brewed in Pennsylvania? I, I do refresh my memory though. So here's is a source. I got to cite my sources. Uh, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> 12 breweries all owned by Penn State alumni teamed up to come up with a 4.0% IPA. I don't know what type of IPA that is, bro. That don't sound like a that don't sound that does not sound like a strong enough IPA for me. Uh, <laughs> where a cartoon Brutus, Brutus Buckeye is, is basically crying uh, on the can. Uh, in the press release, uh, the breweries in PA said, "Obviously, no harm is meant. We just think Buckeye Tears is the perfect name for a beer that will honor Penn State." heading into the national championship in 2023. No one in Ohio wants to see that. Do you have any reaction to 
Buckeye Tears beer? I do, actually. So think about who drinks the most beer, college students. So if you're a college student at Penn State, let's say you are a senior. Let's say you are a super senior. Let's say you are a super duper senior. You ain't never seen Penn State beat Ohio State. (laughs) Not once. Not once. You've been going there. You ain't never seen it. I think it's kind of wild to, I mean, you know, shout out to having confidence, shout out to talking trash. I'm for all of that. But sometimes you got to humble yourself because it's been a very long time. 2016. It's been a very long time since that's happened, since we've seen Buckeye Tears in a Penn State game uh, and that required a a blocked kick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to them. But the people drinking that beer have never seen Penn State beat Ohio State. Yeah, I just don't understand why you would talk trash when you haven't won in the past. You know, I I don't know this off the top of my head. Um, I didn't write it in my notes, but it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I mean, there have been graduating classes that have that have basically enrolled and graduated, and Ohio State has been victorious in each of those years. So, having said that. Let's get to the prediction, Phil. I'll let you go first. What is your prediction for the final score for Saturday? Um, so final score, I, I do see this being a low scoring game. I think that Penn State, um, if you if you've watched them play or you've just kind of seen their stats this year, not a lot of explosive plays. Uh, you mentioned not a lot of downfield passing, a lot of checkdowns, and you know, an effective running game and good defense. I think when they put together a good drive, you're going to maybe see, you know, Ohio State kind of give up a few first downs on the ground in a row. But then when that sh- field starts to shrink, Penn State's going to kind of struggle to um, to put up points. So I think it's going to – but I think it's going to make it a lower scoring game because I think they are going to be able to kind of move those chains, uh, you know, between the 20 and the, you know – um, opposite 40-yard line. So for that reason, I've got the score being Ohio State 20, Penn State 17. Uh, I am choosing Ohio State to win. If you've been with us since week uh, zero, you know that I, I did pick Penn State to win this game in the preseason. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't regret that pick. Um, but to me, the difference, the reason why I'm changing my, my choice is because uh, their quarterback, True Aller, he doesn't look um, I'm not gonna use your phrase, QG, but he doesn't look that great to me, and so um, he's not a a game changer to me. He hasn't shown that at least, and so I was expecting him to be sort of head and shoulders above Kyle McCord at this stage in the season. And right now, those two quarterbacks are pretty much interchangeable to me. And if they're interchangeable, and our defense is playing much better than I thought they would play this year, to me that gives the advantage to Ohio State, 2017. Well, the one thing about the quarterbacks I do I will comment on is the fact that Drew Aller has not had a tough road test so far. McCord has. Not going to get into my uh, phrase for what Kyle McCord was on that last drive. Just going to listen to the previous episodes. Um, but here, I'm going to go ahead and just get to it, man. My, my score prediction. This is a flex game for us. This is like what this is a gut check flex your muscle game in the Big Ten. I'm choosing Ohio State to win 
23 to 17 over Penn State. Mm. I so the reason I know you said 20 to 17, I think that they, this is best, definitely going to be a defensive game. It's going to be some field goals attempted in this game um, because of the fact that teams were not able to convert in the red zone. You know, I got to give some respect to Penn State's defense um, and got to give some respect to our defense as well. But I do think that we're going to basically be on the winning end of this 23 to 17. And so... Speaking of these being two Big Ten teams, the best mm-hmm. Big Ten matchup this year. Let's let's answer a question that uh, that I know that our listeners would want to hear us answer. Um, who's the best team in the Big Ten out of Penn State, Ohio State, and the team up north so far? And I know, so I'm, I'm, I'll go ahead and just say mine. And it's, it's painful to say. It's painful to say. <sighs> I got to say that the team, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting in anticipation to hear you say this while okay. the, with, listening to you with that jersey you got on. So I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Give to a pledge of allegiance. <laughs> pledge of allegiance. Uh my, I pledge my allegiance to Ohio State, <laughs> to Buckeye Nation. I, I'm not blind though. I got. I'm saying that the team up north is playing the best right now. They are dominating on both sides of the ball. I understand. We talk about the fact that they have not played anybody. They have one of the softest, probably the softest schedule of a Big Ten, Power Five team. Uh, this season and last season. Uh, but they've been the ones that have been most consistent. They start off, I will say, as a critique, they did start off slow against Indiana. They did start off slow against Rutgers. Um, but they ended up turning the gas on, man. And they they ran them over. And so, you know, in the head-to-head matchups here coming up, it will be interesting to see if they're going to be able to maintain that momentum. But right now, if I'm have to, if I'm going off of right now, going into week eight, I'm gonna say that uh, the team up north is playing the best in the Big Ten right now. Wow, <clears throat> wow. Um, so you know, I actually think that these defenses, these teams are actually pretty similar, and you know, these teams have been the big three in the Big Ten East and in the Big Ten overall for the last handful of years, right? But they haven't always been similar teams, right? You've got, you've had, maybe maybe Michigan and Penn State have been more similar in the sense that they've had game manager quarterbacks, uh, strong running game and good defense. And Ohio State has been also a top team, but has looked very different. Like, you know, we've had explosive offensive scoring and a, you know, cross your fingers defense. This year, they all look pretty similar, man. They all seem to kind of have a similar MO. Um, and so I think the defenses kind of cancel each other out. And um, I think the advantage should be to to Michigan. They do have a, a returning quarterback. This is his third year getting play. Uh, they've got, you know, a running back who they thought should have won the Heisman last year. 
had injuries in returning. Plus the guy, the sec, their second running back, who they believe is also a top three running back in the country. All of that should say they have all the advantages on offense. So um, I would say it doesn't look like that so far. They've they've still been a little shaky, and JJ hasn't looked great. Uh, he looked good. Don't get me wrong. He's looked good. He just not looked like oh dang. This guy is really taking another step. He doesn't look any different to me this year. He did last year. Um, and so, you know, that's not hating because he he fried Ohio State last year. So maybe that's on. He doesn't have to be better than he was. But I was expecting more. I think that given that these teams to me feel even and tied, I think the tiebreaker should go to Michigan. I mean, they have won the conference the last two years. And so if on the eye test, to me, it looks the same then I think the tiebreaker should go to the team who has proven that they can win those games against those other close teams um, like they have in the last two years. So I think Michigan should be given the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I actually don't necessarily see it on the field that they are clearly better than Ohio State or Penn State. And I think they should, given their roster this year, given their experience this year, given their given their mission this year to come back and say, hey, I know we – achieve these goals we want to go to the next level we want to have beat georgia time at every practice we have i'm not seeing that i'm not seeing a team that looks like they would have beat georgia in georgia last year obviously this year maybe but they're not looking (laughs) like they have taken another another step so uh yeah I, i agree with you on michigan but to me it's surprising that it's so close and and more surprising that these three teams are playing similar styles in addition to being similar caliber yeah, let's hurry up and get to the break and get away from that, seeing that we said that they are <laughs> the best right now. But I believe I do believe that based on what you said, that you're basically saying that each of these teams has a chance to beat one another because they are very similar in playing style. Um, and so each one obviously has their weakness, but we'll see which team can exploit it in a head-to-head matchup. Uh, for college football fans, just kind of being neutral. If you're neutral and you're just on the outside looking in and you're not rooting for any particular team, this is great for, for college football. This is great for the country. This is great for the Big Ten. Uh, we have basically the strongest division this year, Big Ten East, these top three teams uh, getting in. And I saw something during the Oregon game, the Oregon and Washington game, that said that basically percentages, percentage-wise – that the Big Ten has the highest percentage of getting multiple teams into the playoff. And so um, definitely love to see that. And uh, hopefully we just are able to win outright and get in the playoff and not have to rely on a Pac-12 team or ACC team or whoever to, to win their championship game. So with that, let's go hit the break. And then we'll pick it up with pick six. That's coming up. Next. It is that time again for our week eight version of pick six, where I pick three, Phil picks three, and that makes up six. Because every episode is potentially somebody's first episode, Philly Phil, can you please remind the audience of the rules for pick six and the competition that we are in? My pleasure, Justin. 
So the pick six is a uh, competition. It is where we draft best bets for the week. In this draft, we do kind of a snake draft where I pick one and then Hugie goes and then he gets to go again and then I go following that. We have three types of picks that we have each week. We'll both pick a lock. A lock is a team that we believe is, is the favorite and they're going to win and cover the spread. We have a toss-up where we choose a game that is has a spread of three and a half points or less. So a game we believe is going to be close. And you just have to pick who's going to win. Just a money line bet. And then the last type of bet we choose <clears throat> is an upset. And for us, we define upset generally as a seven-point spread or greater. So we choose the underdog to win outright um, in those situations. We choose those three each week. And um, they're worth different points. The upset's worth two points. The toss-up is worth one point. The lock is worth one point as well. But if you miss it, then you lose one point. So you need to be confident that that team is going to win and cover each week. Thank you, Phil. So going into last week, we were tied 8-8. That was not the case coming out of the week. Uh, going to go over my picks. I chose Ohio State as my lock against Purdue. They were a 19 and a half point favorite when I when we basically made this pick. When I made this pick, the toss up game, I chose Washington to win outright over Oregon. What a game. What a game. Thank you, Dan Lanning. And as my upset, I chose, which I was not confident about, but I should have been. It was a blowout. Or Arizona over Washington State. All of my picks hit. Um, I don't want to talk about any particular game. I'm just happy they hit. Not going to gloat too much because I like know that how this goes, you can be up one week and then down the next. And so uh, with the final score uh, or the amount of points I had coming out of last week, I added four to my total, which gives me 12 in week eight, starting out in week eight. <clears throat> Um, I don't recall last week at all. It's a blur to me. Um, but no, I, I, I went one for three. My one win was my upset, which is nice at least. So I got, I chose um, Pitt to upset Louisville, undefeated team. Um, kind of just because of that, right? It was a letdown game for Louisville. And um, they saved me from getting completely blown out in this competition. Shout out to Pitt. So that... It basically means that the score is 12 to 9. Um, and because we do like a make it take it format, I get to go first this week. And so where are you going? Where are you going? Once I pick the category, that means Phil has picked that same category. Where am I going? You're asking where I'm going. I'm heading down south. This place is not necessarily a down south traditional place. Um some would actually say that the away team has the advantage <laughs> based on the stadium and uh, the fact that their stadium is 40 minutes away from the campus. I'm heading down to uh, to Florida, down to Miami to be exact, where the Clemson Tigers and the Hurricanes are facing each other and Clemson is favored by three and a half and I'm choosing Clemson as my toss-up pick starting off week eight. So give me the Tigers to beat 
the Hurricanes. <clears throat> okay. Two disappointing teams this year. Um, yeah, but I think this is be a game that, you know, if if you can win this one, for, if you're one of those teams, it kind of helps you feel a little bit better about where you are in the midway point of the season. But um, I like that side. I mean, I think Clemson should win that game as well. Uh, okay. So um, for me, I am, I guess, going to stick with uh, a disappointing team. Um, I guess two disappointing teams as well. This time in the Midwest, um, in Champaign, Illinois, we've got Wisconsin taking on Illinois. Wisconsin is a two and a half point favorite uh, on the road. And Wisconsin looked like dog dookie yes, last week. Um, it really was bad. It was an ugly game. I tried to watch it. It was just, oh, it was so bad. But that being said, I'm still going with the Badgers. Uh, Illinois, to me, is is really lost it um, this season. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Wisconsin uh, in that toss-up, currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That's going to be a mid-10 matchup. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of mid-10 matchups. There's actually three in particular. Yeah. That's one of the three. I've got another one for you, actually, for my pick. My next pick, I'm going back to the mid-10. Uh, staying in that well. Uh, this time, I'm going to Indiana, where the Hoosiers are taking on the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, State University of New Jersey, if those who didn't know. Uh, Rutgers is, is playing well this year. They're 5-2. They're one win away against from being bowl eligible, and they're playing Indiana. This is a game you got to win. It's a game you're going to get fired up for. Most times, you don't get fired up to play Indiana unless you're Purdue, I guess. But in this case, Rutgers is going to have a chance to be bowl eligible, and that's going to make them really excited. So Rutgers right now is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So I am choosing them as my lock to win and cover. That is a great pick. I, I fully um, endorse that pick That would, because that was my backup pick for my locks. Uh, okay. My, so what's the pick you got that's better than that then? That means you got a better pick. So what's that? Well, just think, just because this this we have video and audio evidence of me making this pick. <laughs> I don't like making uh, large spread picks, but I saw this game and I had to jump on it. Um, shout out to the CW this first year of them broadcasting <laughs> college games. Um, probably, I believe see the CW is formerly known as UPN. <laughs> that was years ago. Um, their game of the week. Wow. UNC taking on UVA and UNC is favored by 23 and a half. I am picking obviously the Tar Heels here to, uh, cover that Drake may one of the top quarterbacks coming on in the country so far. Um, they've had some big, he's had some big games here and I am hoping that with him and Tez Walker, that dynamic duo, they're able to, uh, trounce the calves. Hmm. 
So. <clears throat> I want to point out here quite quickly that earlier this year, this season, I picked against UVA and Mr. Huji over there was clutching his pearls and say, oh, how could you pick against UVA? All that that team and campus has gone through. And here you are gleefully saying that the Power Heels <laughs> are going to trounce, trounce UVA in the Cavaliers. I just think it's a little hypocrisy, but um, yeah, you know, as long as you can sleep at night, go for it. Back on me. So as my upset... Look over my notes real quick. Just as a remind, reminding the audience that we have to choose a game that is at least uh, a, that has an underdog of at least seven points. He's stalling, y'all. He's stalling. I am stalling. <laughs> um, but I believe that we're going. I'm going to another. I'm going to choose, go to another mid to ten matchup here. <laughs> uh oh. Going to another a little East Lansing action, a little East Lansing action. I like it. Uh, no, we're actually going to Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. We're going to Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> actually, yeah, no, they, they play in Omaha, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't think they play in Omaha. <laughs> After I said that, uh, I have no idea how far Lincoln is from Omaha. I've never been to Nebraska, but shout out to everybody in Nebraska. Sorry about that. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and pick Northwestern. I did not think they were going to have three wins here. Um, I know they barely beat Howard in their last game. Shout out to Howard HBCU. <laughs> that running back that Howard has, man, he ran, he was, he was definitely keeping them in the game. Um, but, um, I'm a, because of how bad Nebraska has been, I've got to go and say that this is definitely not an 11 point favorite in Nebraska. So I think that Northwestern is going to keep it close and find a way to win. So I'm taking Northwestern as my upset. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I, I did look at that game. It's just really just the Northwestern on the road that kind of just maybe not have faith in them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Nebraska is not, not great. Um, so definitely can – can see that. Um, yeah, man, this is slim pickings in terms of the upsets, especially if you stay in the power five, which I am going to. Um, I'm going to take a bold pick. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to take a team that has been in a new conference this year. Um, and they've been a little bit disappointing. I think people thought they were going to have a chance to, um, not compete necessarily to win the conference, but to be at the top, you know, that second tier of the conference. They haven't looked like that this year. And that's UCF. Uh, UCF is playing. I don't know if you know who they're playing, UG, but they're playing Oklahoma. Sooner. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play Oklahoma. So it was at, at home. Oklahoma is probably, you know, my dad would say they're smelling themselves a little bit right now. You know, they're feeling good. They're getting a lot of hype. We got people talking about how they are uh, – top two team in the country or they have the best resume i've seen people on espn saying that they have the best resume in the country and their schedule is pretty soft uh they just have people say they have the best win uh and, and more so i should say than the best resume they have the best overall win in the country and they're undefeated their schedule after this looks uh not very strong so they might have been you know a little bit relaxed 
that's why I'm taking UCF to beat Oklahoma. This spread is 19 and a half. <laughs> I don't like picking a 19 and a half point underdog, but to me, that's the one team that I think has been underperforming and might be able to surprise their opponent. So give me UCF over Oklahoma. Well, um, I thought about taking that. That is why it was not my backup. Um, my backup actually was Utah over USC, but I have no idea Mine too. if Cam Rising is going to play. So I don't, I don't think so, bro. I was I was googling it right before we. <laughs> it's on my <laughs> list. I literally you can't see it, but I had UCF. I crossed it out, put Utah, and then right before we were setting up, I was like, let me just search on Twitter to see if Cam Rising is playing. They don't have anything official, but everything I saw was saying this dude might not play again this year. So I, I didn't want to risk it. Dang man. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully he has a. Um, somehow has a speedy recovery. I mean, at this point, it's not going to be speedy, but hopefully he's able to play <laughs> again at some point is what I should say. So uh, shout out yeah. to him. But any, so let's go ahead and recap um, our picks. If you're watching us with us sure. on YouTube, I can pull up the spreadsheet here. And we've got... As my lock, UNC, 23 and a half over UVA. My toss-up pick, I'm taking Clemson over Miami. And as my upset, I'm taking Northwestern over Nebraska. All right. Uh, My lock, I am taking Rutgers to win and cover four and a half points on the road against Indiana. Uh, Sticking with the road teams, I'm taking Wisconsin in a toss-up over Illinois. And actually, the third road team, I'm choosing UCF to upset in a 20-point upset to beat Boomer Sooner um, in Oklahoma. And so those are our Week 8 Pick 6 picks. So thank you, Philly Phil, for... uh, Providing your analytical insight on today's show, trying to use my one big word of the show. <laughs> and thank, <laughs> thank you all for listening to today's episode. Please follow us on social media at BIA.pod on Instagram and TikTok and on YouTube at BIA underscore pod. And if you listen to us uh, basically on Apple or Spotify, before you leave today, please leave us a five star review we would surely appreciate it again i'm hugie that's phil as always oh i owe go bucks